Amen. If you would, please take a copy of God's Word this morning and open it up to the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, as we are going to wrap up our series called Renewing Your Mind this morning. And, uh, you know, we're taking what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we've been taking this verse and really digging into it and understanding exactly what God would have for us as his people. And so, uh, really quick, I know since this is the end of the series, this is the last message uh, in this series, I do want to just spend a few seconds just kind of giving us a quick refresher, all right? Some highlights over the past three weeks, okay? So, uh, just a couple highlights here. You can write these down if you... Uh, didn't already, uh, but any change that I want in my life must start in my mind, all right? If you change your thinking, you can change your life. That's really the whole idea of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, listen, don't think like the world thinks, but instead, if you really want to be transformed... Well, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if you really want to change your life, change the way you think. You see, you have a choice. God created us with this ability to choose. He, God is not going to do your thinking for you. He gives us the ability to think for ourselves. Now, God wants us to make the right choices, and he wants us to have the right thoughts. right? But you have a choice. And it's amazing because, you know, we're, we're so, uh, you know, I, I would say conservative or whatever, but, you know, we're so worried about air pollution and water pollution. But I think what really should concern us is mind pollution. Because there's a lot of stuff and a lot of junk we let into our minds that is not good, it's not healthy, and it's not holy, okay? So any change that we want in our life, it must start in our mind. And so you have a choice. You can either choose to think uh, negative or you can choose to think positive. But it's your choice, right? Not only uh, any change that you want in your life must start in your mind, but there is an unseen war that's going on in and for your mind. Satan knows this. Satan is real. He, is, he, he, he wants to attack you. He wants to hold you back. He knows that he can't get to God, he can't hurt God, he can't harm God, but he knows if he can get to you, if he can keep you from drawing closer to God, if he can keep you from doing God's will, if he can keep you from thinking what God would want you to think about, then he knows he is winning. So there is a war that's going on in our mind. Now here's the thing, either you're being held prisoner by your thoughts, or your thoughts are being held prisoner uh, you're taking your thoughts and you're making them, uh, uh, you're, you're um, holding them captive and making them obedient to Christ, right? It's your choice. You're either a hostage to your thoughts or you're taking your thoughts and making them a hostage. And so we, we talked about, well, what does that mean? And then we talked about, you know, identify one stronghold in, in our life. In fact, the Bible teaches us that God has given us his divine power 
that we can break these strongholds. And so identify, identify one stronghold in your life, one thought that is holding you prisoner, one thought that's holding you hostage, all right? Identify that, and then, you know, because I know you think, well, you know, I just quit thinking that thought, or I'll just remove that thought. You cannot remove that thought. What you have to do is replace that thought. And so identify what the stronghold is, and then refocus your mind and refill your mind with God's truth. What does God have to say about this? That's how we start to transform our thinking, by the renewing of our mind. So there's this war that's going on. And then last Sunday, we talked about what it means to think like Jesus. As a believer in Christ, you have the mind of Christ. In other words, you, you're able to think how Jesus thought. I'm able to think as, as Jesus thought. We have the mind of Christ. We can know the wills of, will, will of God. We can know the ways of God because we have the mind of Christ. And so we talked about our identity who we are in Christ. And thank you, Dorothy, for, for sharing that truth that only God, only God can define who you are. He created you. He made you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're not, God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. He created you. He formed you. He fashioned you. And only God has the right to declare who you are. Not the world, not your family, not your spouse, not even yourself, all right? So when we start to see our identity in Christ and who God created us to be, that starts to revolutionize and change and renew our thinking. And so we must filter our thoughts through the lens of who God says we are. Well, this morning we're going to talk about how to have peace of mind. But let's be honest. There are a lot of things that causes us stress in our life. A lot of things that cause anxiety, panic attack, worrying. I mean, just think about like finances. You know, finances cause stress in our life. You know, are we going to be able to make the bills? Are we ever are we going to be able to afford this? Are we going to be able to retire? Are we going to be able to, to make this work? And so finances have a way of causing stress in our life. Health, our health, you know, if our health is deteriorating or we find that we're, we're spending more time in the doctor's office and we're getting bad results or whatever, our health can be a stress factor. Uh, health care can be a stress factor. Turn on the TV, politics is a, is, is a stress factor. I mean, it's, you turn on the news and it seems as though the sky is falling. It's doomsday. Children. Uh, can cause stress, especially teenagers, preteens. I'm speaking from experience, all right? And so people are, are stressed out, they're stressed out. Now listen, as a child of God, God wants you to be blessed, not stressed. He wants you to be blessed, not stressed. In fact, look at our verse this morning, Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, we talked about verse 8 a few Sundays ago. But Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so you have a choice. You can either choose to be stressed out. You can choose to worry about something, to be anxious over something. Again, this goes back to the choice. You can choose to think negative, right, and to be stressed out and worried. Or you can, instead of stressing out, you can pray. You can take the same energy and the same effort and the same brain power, mind power that you're in, investing in and indulging in and worrying over something, and you can transfer that to praying. And so it's your choice. It's your choice. So notice the command, verse 6. The command that Paul says is do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's the command, all right? Paul is not saying, hey, let me, let me present this option, all right? Let me suggest this, all right? Let me just kind of, you know, just pass this on, and, and, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, you know. No, Paul, this is a command. This is what God would have to say to us this morning, and that is do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's the command. Now, notice the promise. The promise is that, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so what we need to understand is that this verse, this promise, the promise of God's peace that transcends all understanding, all right, this peace that God gives to us, this peace of mind that we can have that guards our hearts and our mind, this promise is conditional. It's not automatic. It's not one of these verses that we can say, okay, you know, I'm a child of God, I'm in Christ, and I automatically have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, guarding my heart and my mind. No, no, no. Here is this battle and this war that's going on with this choice that, that we can either do this and experience this, or don't do this and not experience this. And so it is a conditional verse. What God is saying is, listen, if you do this, or if, if you don't, don't be anxious about anything, but instead pray, make your petitions known, give thanks, make your request known to God, tell God, tell God what's, what's, pro, uh, what, what's worrying you, tell God what's stressing you out. If you do this, then here's what God does. God will give us his peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's his peace that guards our hearts and our minds. But see, we will never experience God's peace if we choose to hang on to whatever it is that's stressing us out. Whatever it is that's causing worry in our life or anxiety in our life, the two cannot exist together. 
You cannot experience the peace of God if you're choosing to worry about something. You will never experience the peace of God. You're, you're making this choice. You're, you're, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so if your thoughts are focused on your problem, your situation, your circumstances, you're not going to experience God's peace. God says, change your focus, reframe it, begin to shift, and begin to look at him, not your problem. And when that happens, now we have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's guarding our hearts and our minds. So how do we get this peace? Very simple. This is a very simple passage of scripture, all right? I'm sure you already figured out, how, how, do we, how do we get this peace of mind? How can we not be stressed but be blessed? How, how, how do we tap into this truth? How do we make this our own this morning? Well, here's how. Step one, very simple. Don't worry about anything. I know, it's simple, right? If you look at verse 6, right? Verse 6 tells us, don't be anxious about anything. Now, does it say that we're to be anxious about some things? Does it say we're to be anxious about the big things, the big problems in our life, the, the, the big struggles that we face? No. Is there anything, can you think of any good reason that we should be worried about? Nothing. The anything means anything. Don't be anxious over anything, whether small or big. Don't worry about it, all right? Don't be anxious. You see, worrying is a negative response to stress in your life. That's, that's what it is. Every one of us deals with stress, all right? If you have blood flowing through your veins, if you have a beat in your heart, guess what? You deal with stress every single day. It's how we cope with our stress. It's how we deal with our stress that, 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 that helps us get through life. Well, here's the deal. If we choose to worry, that's a negative response to stress. Now, we tend to think that worrying is, is harmless, I think, well, you know, there's nothing, nothing bad that can happen if I just worry. I mean, just something, I, you know, I, I can't just put my mind in neutral. I can't just put my, idle my mind because my mind drifts back to this problem and I start thinking about it. But, but there's nothing, nothing, nothing bad can happen from me worrying, right? Wrong. Let me share some negative side effects of worrying. All right, this is what worrying does to your body. Just don't think, don't think that, that worrying is, 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 is just, you know, something to kill time, all right? Because it doesn't kill time. It really kills you, all right? So here, here's some, some, uh, some effects. It affects you physically. It affects you mentally. It affects you emotionally. And it affects you spiritually. Well, let's, let's talk about physical, all right? How does worrying affect us physically? Well, it, it causes headaches. It causes neck pains. It causes ulcers. It causes high blood pressure, heart attack, fatigue, back pains, diabetes, weight gain or weight loss, right? weakness to your immune system. So you're going to be sick more often because you're worried. But hey, you, know, you, you, you thought for a second that, hey, there's nothing harmful about worrying. No, it affects you physically. It begins to take a toll on your body. 
Doesn't sound so good, does it? Mentally. Let's talk about mentally. Uh, worrying makes it hard for you to concentrate. Have you ever thought about that? You know, when, when, when there's something that's just, you know, you're stressed out, you're, you're worried about something, it, it makes it hard for you to concentrate on other things in your life, like, like your job or your family or, or other areas in your life because you're so focused mentally on that problem, and that problem is just stressing you out. Indecisiveness is another harmful effect, you know, because you're, you're stressed out. I don't want to make the wrong decision. Well, what if I decide to do this, and this is the wrong decision? What if I decide to do this? And so it causes this sense of indecision in our life, and, and, and it paralyzes us. It doesn't, is there's nothing productive there's no result that's productive from worrying. Emotionally, uh, excessive worrying can cause depression. Again, medically proven fact. Spiritually, here, here's, here's where I want us to focus here. Spiritually, worrying takes our mind off of God, who we should be focused on, and it places it on our problems, on our struggles on whatever it is that we are anxious about, whatever it is that we're worried about, it, it, it takes our focus off of God and who He is and, and, and our trust in Him and that God is the God who can provide. God is the, the one who can make a way where there seems to be no way. God is the one who, who guides us and leads us. And, and, and so often, you know, how many of you are familiar with Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. And then there's the, passion, uh, there's the portion of the verse that says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are what? You're with me. And so often we fail to realize the presence of God in our life because our eyes have shifted. Now we're looking at the valleys. We're looking at the shadows. We're looking at all these things that produce fear in our life that, that paralyzes us. And, and holds us back because our, sh our focus has shifted from the presence of God to our problems. And so spiritually, uh, it, it affects us. In fact, the word worry comes from the old English word, which means to strangle. And that's what worrying does. It strangles our faith. It chokes us. Think about that. When, you, when, you're, when you're worried about something, when you're anxious about something, it feels like, like life is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And it's hard to breathe. It's hard to get up. And it's hard to get above the situation. You just feel like it's just pressed down. and it's, just, it's getting worse and worse and worse. That's what worrying does. It chokes our faith. It robs us of joy. Here's the truth, though. Worrying will never, ever change the outcome no matter how hard you worry about something how long you've been worrying about something how often you worry about something it will never ever change the outcome it is a waste of time and it's a waste of our thoughts our brain power that's why the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. But let's be honest, all right? Again, we, we just read it. We, we know what God's word says. God's word said, don't be anxious about anything. But if we were honest, this is probably 
one of the hardest commands to obey. It really is. This, this, this verse, don't be anxious about anything because, again, we're prone, all right, we're prone to worry, we're prone to be concerned, we're prone to stress out, we're prone to do this. So, so it's really, really hard for us to, to put this verse into application in our life. And I believe that's why we need the Holy Spirit. It's impossible for us to do this without the help of the Holy Spirit, with us yielding to what he desires to do in our life. And so it's impossible. You know, I know sometimes people will tell us, you know, hey, just stop worrying. It's impossible to just turn it off like that. I mean, it's just you cannot just command an emotion to stop. That's like that's like telling a crying baby, quit crying. They're not going to turn themselves off like this. And so what we need to do is we need to go before the emotion. We need to we need to get to the root, not the fruit. What is it that's causing us to be anxious? What is it that we're, that's causing us to, to, to worry? What thought is in our mind, that, that, that stronghold that, that's, caught, that's taking us prisoner? We need to identify that, and we need to replace that. Not remove it, but replace it. See, we need to retrain the brain. This is possible, right? Now, I talked about this last Sunday because we talk about, you know, science would have you to believe that it's all about rewiring the brain, but it's not. God, God tells us it's about renewing the mind, and so we need to retrain. We need to take this negative and replace it with something positive. So whenever God tells us to eliminate something, it's always for our good, but God always has something better that he wants us to replace it with. He wants us to remove this. And then replace it with this, something that's better, something that's, that's helpful and not hurtful, right? So he always wants us to replace it. So here's step two. Step one is don't worry. Well, that sounds easy, but, but, but you just can't turn it off. You can't just say, okay, you know, from here on out, starting today, starting this Sunday, I am not going to worry. Man, if you make it past lunch, you're my hero, all right? Because I'm already worried about what I'm going to eat for lunch. All right. So, so to sit there and say, okay, I am not going to worry. You have to replace that. Instead of worrying, you need to replace that with step two, and that is to pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Look at verse six. Verse six says, do not be anxious about anything, but... In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So this, this is now focused on our relationship. This is now focused not on our problem, not on what's stressing us out. Now, now, now we've made this change, and now we're focused on our relationship with God. And we're now prayer. You know what, prayer, I, we, we tend to overcomplicate prayer. We tend to take prayer and make this some religious routine that we go through and has to be this high and lofty language, you know, as, as though we're angels and, and we have to make sure we say the right words and in the right sequence and, and, and because we, we don't want God to laugh at us and say, oh, you, 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 you fool, who taught you how to pray? That's horrible. 
No, no, no. What we understand is, is praying is simply communicating with God. It's just simply you being open and honest and transparent before the Lord. It's you talking to God. That's, that's what prayer is. Right? So, so when Paul says, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but talk to God about everything. Tell God how you feel. Tell God what's stressing you out. Tell God what's bugging you out. Tell God everything that's going on in your life. There is something that is releasing when we do that. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we uh, and, and, and I apologize to my, to my wife because there are times where, you know, I just dump. Had a bad day. Thought I was mistreated, whatever, whatever the case is. And now I come home and I just, like, vomit, just dump on her, right? And that, that, that's a stronghold because, you know what, she is, I love her, she's got you know, great ears, she, she really listens to what I'm struggling with and prays for me and all that, uh, but, but you know, the reality is, that I, I should be dumping on, God's a big enough God for you to dump on, right, he's a big enough God for you to vomit on, what I mean by that is for you to just, you just tell God everything, tell God everything that is just, that's, that's eating you up, don't be afraid, God wants you to. This is the invitation. God is saying, listen, you come to me. You come with me with your problems. You come with me your, with your concerns. You come with me what, whatever it is that's eating you up inside. Whatever is bothering you, whatever is stressing you out, you come. Man, you let it all out. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You don't have to feel shame. You don't have to. I'm a big enough God. And you know what? Quite honestly, I know what's going on. You're not hiding anything from me. In fact, you're doing more harm by keeping it in. Because you know what? You're going to be like a volcano. You just keep it in. That pressure's building and building and building and building. And all of a sudden, you're just going to erupt. God says, let it out. Let it out. He's a big enough God. I like how the Phillips translation of this verse. It says, don't worry over anything, whatever. Tell God every detail of your needs. God is concerned. Don't think for a second that God is not concerned about your life. And don't think for a second that God is not concerned about what's stressing you out, what you're worried over. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a job issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's a ministry issue. Whatever it is, don't let it stress you out. Take whatever it is and exchange that. Take whatever it is and turn that over to God. Take whatever it is and hand it over. Tell God. Communicate with him. Talk to him. Listen, write this down. I think this is one of these, these, these golden nuggets right here, okay? If it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. Whatever it is, if it's big enough for you to keep you up at night, if it's big enough to stress you out, if it's big, whatever it is, if it's big enough, it's big enough for you to pray about. But your choice, you're going to use the same energy either way. One is going to have a negative effect on your life, and one is going to have a positive effect on your life. But it's your choice. Step three, be thankful. Be thankful. All right? <clears throat> Look at verse 6. I don't want you to miss out this one word. This is kind of, you know, all the other stuff was kind of filler. Because this is really the meat of the message right here is this, this, one, this one word right here, okay? 
Because we, we all know, we all know we're not supposed to be anxious. We all know don't worry. We all know we're supposed to pray. We all know we're supposed to, the Bible says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. We, we know that. But I don't want you to miss this one word in verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Here it is, with what? Thanksgiving. This is so, I don't want you to miss, this, this, is the, this is worth the price of admission right here, okay? I love when science backs up the Bible, all right? And, and I, I love it. I, I love it because we think, well, science disproves the Bible. No, 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 no. No, no, many times science hasn't caught up to the Bible, all right? But there are many times where science is, I mean, it, it backs up the Bible. And here, here's, here's one case right here, all right? Uh, the UCLA uh, Mindful Awareness Research Center, they did, a, they did a study, and they discovered that regularly expressing gratitude literally changes the molecular structure of the brain. Hmm. Expressing gratitude keeps the gray matter in your brain functioning, and it's proven to make us healthier and happier. Incredible. Incredible. Now think about it. In the context here, what, what, what God is telling us is, listen, you know, pray, tell me everything, but with thanksgiving, with gratitude. In fact, in 2008, scientists first used an fMRI to study gratitude. In the study, the researchers measured brain activity of participants experiencing different emotions. And they found that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions. And it lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways. We talked about these neuropathways back in, back in the first part, these neuropathways that our brain starts to form uh, and, and they become kind of the default thought. But listen, they, they, they've, they've studied this, that when we're expressing gratitude, it lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways uh, and gratitude can boost neurotransmitters, serotonin, and activate the brain, brain stem to produce dopamine. This is, this is whoa, man. What, what does all this mean, Mike? I didn't know I was going to come and get a medical class. I thought this was like a Bible. I thought we were going to study the Bible. Well, you got to understand how God created us, all right, and how important these two chemicals are in your body. Serotonin, serotonin helps you sleep at night. Serotonin makes, you know, gives you rest, right? If there's, there's a lack of this in your body, you're going to be restless, right? Dopamine, dopamine is, is this neurotransmitter. It's a messenger, and, it, and, it, and it, it's like a rewarder. It, it, it makes you feel good, right? This is like, a, this is like, a, like a, your body's producing a, producing a natural drug in your, in your life that helps you feel good. Dopamine, I love this. Now, now, now there, there's unhealthy ways to increase dopamine, and there's healthy ways to increase dopamine. Addicts, you know, they, they, they'll get addicted to pills and, and, and drugs and alcohol. And not just that, you can, you can get addicted to food. Food can release, you know, just this discomfort or whatever, whatever, games, whatever. You can take a hobby that, 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 you, uh, that helps you feel good, and it releases dopamine, and it can be a habit in your life. But God is saying, listen, there is a healthy way in which you can increase serotonin and dopamine in your body so that you feel good. And here it is. It's with gratitude. It's with thanksgiving. 
Now, science has already backed this up. And so, uh, now, now here, here's, here's not ironic, but think about this for a second. Worrying, we're prone to worry and we're prone to stress out when the levels of serotonin and dopamine in our body are low. That's when we start to stress out because we're tired and we don't feel good. And it's easy for that, all right? Now, here, how do we balance that? How do we balance this is, is by giving thanks. Now, you say, well, that's what, what, where are you going with this mind? Again, God is telling us, here's the remedy. Here's the remedy. If you want to, if you want to get over whatever it is that's stressing you out, be thankful. It's a choice. So here's the challenge. Every day, you should thank God for at least three things in your life. Every day. You can, I mean, and again, you can thank him that you have clean water to drink. You can thank him that you have your, your health. You can thank him that you have a roof over your head. You can thank him. See, what you're doing is you're retraining the brain. Because, again, naturally, we're, we're prone to think negative. Naturally, we're, we're prone to stress out. Not, but, but what you're doing is you're retraining. You're, you're not going to focus on, on what you don't have. You're not going to focus at the problem. What you're going to do is you're going to focus on what you do have. You're going to focus on the blessings of God. You're going to focus on God's activity in your life. You're going to focus on what God has done, what God's going to do. And, again, the shift begins to take place in our minds God is renewing our mind. He's transforming us. And so three things. It's very simple, right? I'm sure you could think of three things every single day, what you're thankful for. Thankful for your health. Thankful for your family. Thank you for, you know, whatever. But I want to encourage you. And I want to challenge you. Do, do it for 30 days. You know, we're getting into November, which is Thanksgiving, right? So, you know, perfect time. Right? So every day throughout November, I want you every morning to wake up, and I want you to be thankful uh, for at least three things. Right? Thank, thankful for the, the community you live in. Thank you for your neighbors, whatever. Thank you for the freedoms that we have. Just every day, think about three things. All right? And then here's what I want to do. If your life hasn't changed or has improved, at the end of the, I want you to see me. I'd love to sit down. I'd love to just talk with you. And just you know, I want to I want to share your excitement. Okay, so so can we do that? Can we commit throughout the month of November? Every single day, we're going to wake up and we're going to thank God for these things. Whether we wake up or at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you could just sit there and reflect and thank God. You know, God, thank you, thank you. I didn't lose my job today. Thank you, thank you, God. I I made it home safe from work today. Thank you, God, that I have food in the refrigerator that I can eat. All right, so, so three things. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the morning. It can be in the evening. But just every day, thank God, at least for three things. <clears throat> now, be thankful. Here's, here's the result. All right, we're going to retrain our brain. We're going to shift our focus from worrying and stressing out to praying, talking to God, and being thankful. Here's the result. If we do this, here's what God promises. He promises to give us his peace that guards our hearts and our minds. It's a good trade-off, right? That sounds good, right? That's a good exchange. I, I'll, I'll take that every single day. Right? But like I said, there's an exchange there. In order to experience this, you have to let go of 
whatever it is that's stressing you out. Because you can't experience both. You can't be stressed out and experience God's peace simultaneously. It's not going to happen. So look at verse 7. Here's the promise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. In other words, what, what, what God is saying here, this, this promise is so awesome and so incredible. What God is saying is, listen, you're going to experience God's peace that cannot be explained. The world can't obtain it, and you can't explain it. Right? You're going to have this overwhelming sense of God's peace. In other words, what that means is, you know, it doesn't mean that God's going to answer your prayer the way you want it to, but regardless of however God answers it, it will always be what's good for you, what's best for you, and what glorifies him. And so we can rest assured knowing that God is in control. He's sovereign. He's working all things together for my good, right? I can rest assured. I can have this overwhelming sense of God, the only peace that God can give us. And guess what? It guards, it protects, it watches over our hearts, which is the seat of our emotions and our minds, which is the control center of our, of our life, God says, listen, you give me whatever it is that's stressing you out. In exchange, I'm going to give you my peace, and my peace is going to guard you. My peace is going to watch over you. My peace is going to protect you. My peace. You're going to have peace of mind. It's a good trade-off, right? simple now all we have to do is apply it that means is we, we've heard from god's word we, we know what god desires for us to, us to do and now we need to be doers of god's word and take it and apply it to our life every head bowed and every eye closed